people really need to live full lives and then show up as their most productive whole humans at work. From Deergo Collective, this is Responsibly Different. Sharing stories of certified B corporations and our journey of joining them in leveraging business as a force for good. All around the world are B local chapters that exist to support B Corps and create opportunities for the B Corp community to come together. Collectively, they support this global movement to utilize business as a force for good. If you listen to episode two with Brittany Angelo from Revision Energy, you'll remember that's when I first learned of these chapters when she talked about Be Local Boston. And my mind was blown. Well, I was itching to learn more, so I reached out to Brittany recently, and she was quick to connect me to Be Local Boston board co-chair Kelsa Summerroyd. Kelsa is also the Chief Operating and Impact Officer at Habitus Incorporated, which is also a certified B Corp. Kelsa shares with us the ins and outs of the B Local Boston chapter and some best practices around certification for those of us working through the B Impact Assessment. To kind of get us started, share with us a little bit about the work you do at Habitus and how you got involved with B Local Boston. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm just so delighted to be here. Um, really pleased to be chatting with you. So yeah, let me share a little about my work. I work at Habitus Incorporated. We're a certified B Corp based out of Boston. Um, I'm our chief operating and impact officer. Uh, so uh, my day to day has a lot to do with uh, both our very tactical and strategic operations, uh, but I also get to do our social environmental impact uh, work, which starts with the B Corp impact assessment. So I love doing that. What we actually do at Habitus is we're a training and facilitation firm. We do trainings on negotiation, meeting design and facilitation, and difficult conversations. And we also facilitate and design meetings. So we we love working with the B Corp community. A lot of our clients are, are B Corps. Um, so it's great to be part of this awesome community. And I can talk a little about the uh, B Local Boston board as well and how I got involved. Uh, when I first moved to Boston about five years ago, I was really excited to get to know the community here. And it, uh, at some point there, they, B Local Boston was running elections. And so I applied for um, an engagement chair role. Uh, that I was in for a couple, a year and a half or so uh, before I transitioned to be the co-chair of the board. That's awesome. That is so cool. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Earlier this summer, we had Brittany Angelo from Revision Energy on the show, and she brought up Be Local Boston, which I'm super excited about because we're able to have this conversation. And But she also mentioned that there are similar chapters around the world. And so I'm curious, what exactly are these chapters? What do they do primarily? Sure. Well, first of all, Brittany's amazing. Um, I love working with Brittany. She's been a great part of our work in New England um, in the last couple of years. So shout out to her. Uh, So basically, B Corp is a global movement. And uh, there's sort of organizing nonprofits, organizations uh, around the world in different regions, uh, which are all brought together in a global governing council. So the regional 
nonprofit organization that we report to, so to speak, is B-Lab US Canada. And that's a nonprofit organization based in Pennsylvania, uh, but with offices all around the region. And they handle certifications for aspiring B Corps in the United States and Canada, put on national events, etc. And then your next tier down is B Locals. And B Locals are, you know, local or regional organizations of B Corp leaders who've come together with a desire to serve the community. And we do have a formal relationship with B Lab, um, but we are usually separate organizations organized in different ways, which I can talk more about. And again, usually on a volunteer basis, coming together to serve a local community. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So do the chapters come about organically or does B-Lab say, okay, we need a chapter here or we need a chapter there? Or how, how, how does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's usually organic. Um, I would say, I can't speak to exactly what the pro- the most current process is right now. We'd have to ask B-Lab for that. But what I've seen and what happened with B-Local Boston is that a group of folks who are passionate about B-Corps in the local area came together and said, we want to start organizing events, uh, networking with the community. And eventually that group reaches a level of formality. Um, where they set up a relationship with B-Lab and are in contact with B-Lab and become a formal B-Local. And formal B-Locals can take a couple of different forms. Some some B-Locals in the country are their own uh, freestanding, maybe that's a silly word, nonprofit organization. Anyway, they've incorporated as a nonprofit organization. And others like B-Local Boston are actually fiscally sponsored by another nonprofit organization that B-Lab has set up a relationship with to help us do that without so much of the you know paperwork of becoming a nonprofit. So yeah, kind of informally formed, uh, but then then we make we make it a little more official so we can get that support from B-Lab. And I, I should also mention that there's lots of other, well maybe we shouldn't say lots, but but some um great gatherings of B Corp leaders who, you know, haven't reached that level of formality, but are doing super important work across the country to, you know, bring B Corp enthusiasts together. Way cool. Way cool. Uh, I'm curious, is the, is B Local Boston just for Boston or would B Corps in the greater New England region benefit from getting involved as well? So B Local Boston's kind of primary focus is greater Boston and all of Massachusetts. And that's basically because that's what we have bandwidth to do a good job on as a small volunteer board. However, that said, we are the only, currently the only formal B local board in New England. So we're always really excited to welcome B Corp community members from throughout the region. And we really do our best to serve them as much as we can, making all our events open to anyone, um, we're always excited to uh, highlight stories from throughout New England in our newsletter. Um, and we also organize the annual New England uh, Leadership Development Conference, which we call the BLD or BUILD, um, which is a, a great moment when e-corps from throughout New England come together once a year, uh, which I can talk more about uh, down the road. But uh, that's a big piece of where we really focus on the whole region of Cool. Are, are there resources for aspiring B Corp businesses or is it really designed just for B Corp certified folks? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So our primary focus is on certified B Corps and serving that community. But we do have some resources and ways for aspiring B Corps to get involved. I think the first thing is coming to our events, which are always open to anyone, anyone who wants to get to know the community better. And that's a really great way to, you know, make some connections, ask those burning questions of, of real B Corps. Um, so that's, that's, I think, the first resource I would mention. But another thing is, um, as you know, I, I have a background in doing some consulting work for companies trying to, to get certified. And so I do offer a 30-minute um, complimentary call to help folks kind of get oriented uh, with the assessment, if that's of interest. Um, so that's one way we can help out. And then, of course, we always point folks to the the lab website where you know all your certification resources are laid out. Cool. Is there is there much? Well, I think you kind of already answered this. There that there is coordination between B Local Boston and B Labs. What does that look like on a day to day basis though? Like, does B Labs have a lot of input on programming or things like that, or or are they really more? like a resource for you as an organization to reach out to if you get stuck on something? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. They're pretty they're pretty hands-off in terms of what we should be doing, particularly to meet the needs of our region, which is often unique. But what it does look like on a day-to-day basis, they have a fantastic the local point person. His name is Sophie, and we love her. Um, and she and her team put on monthly be local leader calls where we come together with folks from throughout the United States and Canada to compare notes, learn best practices, et cetera. Uh, so those are a really wonderful way that BLAB kind of keeps us informed about what's going on and helps us build relationships with each other, which is a nice perk of being on the board. I, I, something that I saw on the BLAB or on the Be Local Boston site that I got really excited about was this collective action concept. And I saw that that was new in 2019. Can you walk us through a little bit what the collective action looks like and how it functions? Yeah, for sure. So it's definitely changed a lot since we started it. And I, maybe I'll even back up a little farther. We we run events that are, you know, basically networking. We also run content and best practice events where we, we did one on running good meetings, for example, or running good virtual meetings early on uh, in our whole COVID saga. But anyway, what we really came to was that B Corps were excited about those things, but they were most excited about showing up for events or activities where they could do real meaningful work together, get something done, have an impact. I mean, that's basically what we're all about. So we kind of had a hypothesis. Our, our events chair, Justin, led this saying, you know, if we could do collective action, use the uh, shared impact of the B Corp movement to move something forward, that would be really attractive to people. So we kind of launched that with a couple of tests in the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, where B Corps came together in some working groups, uh, talking about shared marketing projects, talking about advocating on specific policies. One group was looking at bringing more students into the movement. And some of those things were really successful, and some of them we were finding that the board wasn't equipped to provide the kind of logistical organizing resources to support a bunch of working groups all at once. Um, so again, some some initiatives moved forward, but what came out of that was actually a partnership with an organization 
called Series, which focuses on uh, policy advocacy. And B-Lab has a formal MOU with them, which meant that we could kind of plug in as well on the local level and um, create some shared initiatives where they brought the policy advocacy expertise. And we brought the B Court momentum. Um, so we actually did a sign-on letter over the summer, which was really exciting for a for Massachusetts-based climate justice policy. And we're actually right now doing a sign-on letter with Ceres, um, which is New England-wide and even beyond New England for a green transportation initiative. Um, so that's been a really great way that we're not trying to, you know, remake the wheel of things that some of our nonprofit partners are always already doing really well. But we can help bring that collective impact from the B Corp community and organize that together to, to you know, make a difference in, in some of our policies, et cetera. Is that something that you foresee growing and doing more collective actions as time goes on? And are, are there already plans laid out for that? Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's one of our sort of key key initiatives that the local board will be behind as we go into 2021. And I, for one, and I know our whole team are really excited to continue the partnership with Ceres because it's it's really been a nice kind of shared value situation has worked well and I think the community is excited about. Cool. And something you mentioned in, in talking about that a little bit earlier was how a lot of these events had to shift online and some of these virtual actions, right? All because of COVID. What kind of an impact is COVID having and, and how have you been able to pivot to continue that support for, for B Corps? Yeah, that is a great question. The question of the moment, how are we all pivoting? Yeah, so in the beginning, you know, we we had to call off a lot of in-person events and kind of take a take a beat, check in personally and professionally with our board members because of course everyone was impacted in different and big ways. And then we started focusing on online events and we've run two um, over the summer. And now looking forward into the rest of 2020 and 2021, we're definitely you know, assuming we're going to continue to engage with the community online. I, you know, I will say that I feel like our entire board got busier with COVID um, in their own professional lives, which is both, I guess, a, a good thing, something to be grateful for. And it's made, meant that we need, we've had to pay attention, you know, how folks are doing personally, how folks are doing at work, and then what can we do to still really show up for the community. So yeah, we're, you know, pivoting online, making sure that we're showing up on our newsletter, et cetera, um, and looking at some some exciting online events going forward. I'm curious with that, like pivot to online, have you found that you've been able to bring in more of like the outer reaches of New England because, you know, somebody doesn't have to drive down from Maine or Vermont or something like that? Like, have you, has that been reflected at all? You know, I'm not sure. I think the... The reality that people have been really busy this summer and really focused on what's going on directly in their lives has uh, maybe made that not such a big impact. What I will say is we're running elections right now, which I can talk more about. We're really excited to be bringing on some new board members. Those seats are open to anyone anywhere in New England. And so I think we may actually see through that process getting, you know, getting our reach a little further and getting um, some great folks from beyond Massachusetts to be really involved. So I, the, the jury's still out on that one, but I would be excited to see it for sure. 
And if folks are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I want to, I want to, you know, be a part of that. Are there prerequisites to being on the board or, or running in those elections? And, and, and how, how would somebody run if they were, if they're interested? Absolutely. So all the details are on our website, which is belocalboston.org uh, slash elections. Um, so you can find all the details there. But to answer your question, there's a couple chair roles where you have to be an employee of a certified B Corp, but there's also chair roles where you don't. And so again, open to you know anyone who's excited about being part of the community, open to anyone throughout New England. And you can go on our website and apply right there. But I will say the deadline is September 19th, which is three days from now. <laughs> so if this doesn't get out by the time uh, we've, we've closed the elections, you can still reach out to be become part of the committee, um, which we are always looking for folks to join committees, which is kind of a great route on to a chair role. Um, so I would encourage you to read out, reach out belocalboston.gmail.com is our email address. And that would be the way to connect because I don't know, Ben, I don't know if you're going to be able to turn this around in three days. <laughs> that may not happen, but I'll certainly put those notes in there so folks know for the future and, and maybe can jump on some of those committees. I think that'd be great. What uh, what does the B Corp De- Leadership Development New England event look like this year? It sounds like everything's going virtual. Is that, has I, I know it got postponed. Is, is there a, a date set for that or is it still getting sorted out? Yeah, so it's in the works. We sadly had to postpone the 2020 uh, Leadership Development uh, BLD which was scheduled for June. So that was very sad. We all kind of were in June and we woke up on, on June 17th or whenever it was, like, we should be there. Uh, but anyway, the committee is that was planning for 2020 um, is still intact and now focusing on 2021. They are looking at putting on a small event this fall it would be, of course, virtual, um, just kind of a moment for the community to get together. And so stay tuned for more on that. But for 2021, you know, I think we're going to be looking at late spring, early summer again, which is our usual timeline. And I think we don't know yet if it'll be virtual or in person. And my guess is that we're going to have kind of a plan A, plan B. I know the community really loves to get together in person, loves to get together and be outdoors together, which is something nice about some of the venues we've chosen. But we're really committed to making it a great event, even if it's that's not possible, uh, as crazy as that may sound, you know, nine months from now. Uh, so it'll definitely be happening, um, but you'll have to stay tuned for the format because we're staying agile with the times. That's smart. That's definitely smart. Uh, speaking of the leadership development um, events, can you, for folks that aren't familiar, talk us through a little bit about what the what those are all about and what they historically have looked like? Yeah, absolutely. So the BLDs happen regionally across the country on an annual basis. Um, And they're usually a day-long event. We try to, you know, place them geographically somewhere where, you know, everyone in the region doesn't have a terribly awful commute to them. And, you know, people talk about one of the great things is just the relationship building that happens. Um, The B Corp community, in my experience, loves getting together and getting to know each other and, you know, being in the room with 150 people who care so much about having a positive impact through business. So that's kind of an exciting group to be in. So that's the the 
first thing I would mention, and we try to make space throughout the event for that kind of networking to happen. And then we also, um, we have content workshops, skill building workshops, knowledge building workshops across a variety of topics. And we try to offer, you know, uh, a lot of variety. We, there's so much in the B Corp assessment, for example, that to dig into the governance and environment, et cetera. Uh, we also try to pay attention to what's going on with the community right now around, say, collective action or JEDI, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and make sure that that content is as relevant to the community as we can make it. I'm curious if someone is listening to this and feeling, again, super jazzed and wanting to get involved in general with Be Local Boston, what are their next steps? Is there a fee to be involved with Be Local Boston for businesses or even just for fans of B Corps? What, what does that, what, what are our different opportunities for involvement look like? Great question. So the first step to get involved is to go on our website, uh, belocalboston.org. And at the bottom of any page on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. That comes out monthly. We try not to spam people, but that's where we, you know, provide updates on some of the exciting things that are going on on in the region and what we're doing. That's number one. Number two uh, would be through that newsletter. You can find out about the virtual and maybe someday in-person events that you could come to and get involved with. Three would be reaching out to us with interest in uh, being a committee member on the board at any time. Again, rolling rolling application there isn't an application rolling rolling admission to our committees i shall say and you should also always just feel free to reach out to us personally at belocalboston at gmail.com because we're happy to you know meet folks where they are and what they need and be a resource for you know whatever is on your mind and way you want to be involved cool so i want i want to back up a little bit I know before you were at Habitus, you did a lot of consulting work specializing in the B Impact Assessment. And now with your time as board co-chair at B Local Boston, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you saw businesses having with the assessment? Yeah, good question. So I think, you know, first of all, it, it certainly ranges from B Corp to B Corp. Size, for example, really impacts what kind of challenges you might be running into. I'll say that one challenge I see again and again is B Corps uh, or aspiring B Corps trying to do this assessment all at once and do it perfectly the first time and getting really overwhelmed because the assessment is long, it's kind of complicated, it's an online platform, and so it can, you know, it can be easy to be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get through this. So my, my advice for that challenge is two things. One, I really recommend kind of taking it in bite-sized chunks, making a little project plan for yourself and saying, you know, today I'm going to do one page of the environment section. And then I'm going to go do something else because I have other stuff going on in my life. And then I'm going to come back to it. And my other piece of advice is I really encourage people to do kind of a, a first pass or of the assessment where you you know, you make a guess, your best guess at the answer to the questions. You skip questions that you have no idea what they mean. Knowing, you know, you have to go back and get it right. But I find that really helpful to just kind of give yourself an overview of what you're dealing with um, before, you know, you try to create a bunch of spreadsheets to track a bunch of data. 
I'm, I'm curious, is there like an average first time attempt score that you know of? Not that I know of. No. Um, I bet, I bet B-Lab could give us that information, but no, I don't have, I don't have an average. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, where, where would you recommend businesses get started with the assessment? Are there strategies for tracking policy creation that you recommend everyone start with or... Because I know that there's some parts of the assessment that are super policy heavy and some that are literally just like track it and report it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where do you say folks should start? That's a really good question. So I think here's how I've always recommended to clients. Start with the question, what are you really proud of that you already do in terms of social and environmental impact? Ask yourself that question. And then start there on the assessment. So if your answer was, we treat our workers really well, we're super proud of that, we have a great benefits package, we have flex time, you know, our employees report being really happy, start on the worker section because that's probably going to be the easiest for you and you may know the most about it to start with. And then kind of work your way up from there um, to sections that maybe you feel less adept at or your company isn't as far along. The nice thing about the assessment is you don't have to do everything perfectly in each section. You know, you can have, you can focus your impact in one. And so that can, I find that is sort of positive feedback for folks to start with what, you know, they already really know they do well. Are there particular parts of the assessment that you see people pretty like consistently across the board trip up with? Like, like the one, the first thing that comes to mind for me is in the environment section, like tracking your, your carbon footprint. Right. Like I know for us, we're like, well, how, how do you calculate that? Like, we don't even know where to start. Right. Uh, is there, are there resources that you point people to that you're like this section, you're going to have a hard time. Just go over here though, that those folks can help you. Yeah, absolutely. So the one you just mentioned is the first one that pops to mind for me is the, in the environmental section, all this tracking around carbon footprint, but also around electric use, water use, et cetera. So, you know, for some companies they're solar providers. They are, may already be really good at that, but for a lot of others, that's not the case. So one of my recommendations is for like, you know, electric tracking, that may just simply be your electric bills, gathering them together and having a look. So, it, you know, it's that simple. Uh, for stuff like carbon footprint, you know, there's a lot of online tools that you can use, but I actually recommend a company called Native Energy, which is a certified B-Corp. Um, in Vermont. And uh, I think there's another, there's a couple other certified B-Corp carbon offsetting companies. Um, So you kind of, carbon offsetting can be kind of an overwhelming field where you don't know what's what. So I like to trust a certified B-Corp in that realm. And um, they can help you actually just totally get started. They helped my company have this uh, set up a really simple uh, spreadsheet just to track this and, and they then help us calculate our footprint every year. So it's actually pretty simple, even for small companies, but it does feel kind of opaque in the assessment if you've never done it before. Oh, that's so cool. That's good to know that that uh, that those folks are out there for sure. And I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes for, for everyone listening. Um, what would you say is the average time frame that it takes for a business to certify from deciding to pursue certification to actually becoming certified? Yeah, that's a great question. It depends. So it depends on a number of things, which I'll talk about in a second. I would say you're probably looking at about six to eight months 
but it can be, you could do it shorter and it can often stretch a lot longer. And here are some of the things that kind of I see often determining how long it takes. One is size. So size and access to information. So let's say you're a really small company and you're the CEO and you're going to do the assessment. That'll go pretty quick because you not only probably have access to a lot of the information you need, you can also make decisions quickly. And so I've seen small companies do this very quickly. If your company is a bit larger, and for example, you've got a, a working group doing this, and they need to go to a bunch of different departments and get information or you know, go through some decision-making processes, that will take quite a bit longer. The other thing to uh, think about when you're talking about timeline is the amount of time it takes for VLAB to process assessments. So they do a really rigorous verification process with you to make sure um, you know companies are, are living up to the standards that they name on the assessment. And so their processing time, I think, starts at about 90 days, but can often be quite a bit longer if, for example, we're in a moment like right now where the B-Lab team is really focused on serving the community you know, in a lot of moments of crisis. So that's something to kind of check with B-Lab, be aware of, and make sure you, you know, set your expectations accurately for how long it's going to take. Sorry, that was probably a vague answer, but does that make sense? That does make sense. That does make sense. And I'm curious, too, thinking about that length of time and those processes, if um, if, you, if you see often that as, because I think one of the cool things about B Corp is that it's like, it, it's that stamp of approval that like, yes, you've done the thing. But also for companies that are like, we want to do good, but we don't know how. It's kind of like a roadmap to that, right? And so for companies that need to kind of like sort out, okay, like we need to implement these programs and then track that. How, in terms of the assessment and B-Labs certifying, would you recommend that folks make sure they have all like their ducks in a row, like make sure if you say yes to something, you have proof in the pudding for sure. Or is it the kind of thing that's like, well, we're, we're doing this, but we need to write it down. Like, would you say, don't mark it off till you've actually done the thing? Like, That's a great question. I feel like maybe I'm going to get myself into trouble answering this, but let me give it a shot. So the way, it, pulling back the curtain, the way it works is that uh, B-Lab will review your assessment and then they'll ask for verification on a sampling of the things that you talked about. Some of that will be areas that you scored really highly in, so that are really important to your score, and, and others I think are randomly chosen, but I'm not sure. And then you'll have, I don't know, I think it's usually a couple of weeks to then put that documentation together. So let's say you've got your whole stack of electric bills or it's on your you know, online electric bill thing. Um, and so then you just need to transfer that data into a spreadsheet, that's fine. What you don't wanna do is say, you know, we're planning to do this next year, but let's check it off now, but we haven't actually taken any action. So that I would advise against. Got it. That makes sense. So if you're like, I know I have that stack of electric bills somewhere, maybe don't stress about entering them all into a spreadsheet until they actually ask for them because you have them. It's just a matter of, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, is that best practice? I don't know. But can you, would it be okay if you prioritize? Probably. Um, but I would really, you know, I encourage folks to think about what are the kind of simple and sustainable tracking systems you can set up for yourself 
which is a lot of work the first time around, but then you're going to have to recertify again in three years. And if you've all got that set up, that's going to be just so much easier. And you're also going to have then metrics that you can share publicly and be excited about things your team can be working towards. So I encourage people to push, you know, again, for the for the simplest and most easily updated tracking system uh, that you can then and, and to go ahead and set that up during this process when you have time to do it. I think that's the other really cool thing about it too, right? Is that by doing that, by setting up those processes and actually recording them, it's also just really great business practice, right? Like absolutely. how wonderful is it when you can see, oh, hey, look, we're actually, we can actually see how our electrics being spent, time, you know, month over month. Like it just helps you as a business too, uh, in a lot of ways, which I think is part of what makes it such a beautiful assessment and certification. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about it is it, as you said earlier, it's that roadmap. It's that, you know, really well-researched best practices for what it takes to be a company that's really serious about social environmental impact. And and I find it a really helpful internal tool to, to you know, to your point of just kind of seeing, seeing where your company really is. I think one of the coolest things about B Corps, in my opinion, is the impact that they have on local communities and the environment through their policies and actions. I know just over the course of this podcast, I've learned a lot about open hiring from Grayston, bringing your kids into work from Badger Bomb, being in play owned with Revision Energy, and so much more. I'm curious, what have been some of your favorite policies or actions that B Corps are taking and who are the businesses behind them? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I completely agree that something special about this is, you know, it's going way beyond a corporate social responsibility report that shows some nice stories, but it's getting, I mean, an assessment makes you get really specific uh, into a policies and practices perspective. So love all those examples you mentioned. And I guess, you know, one I'll say now is, um, Mega Food, which is a vitamin and supplements company um, in New Hampshire. And myself and a couple other board members went on a really lovely tour there a while back. Um, and they showed us a, their their factory and their production setup, which is really cool. They're doing some wonderful things around um, water management, etc. But the, poli- the specific policy that I'll mention is they pay 25% above a living wage for all their employees, which is a big deal when you're talking to manufacturing organizations. So I, I'm really excited to see that. Great example. Wow, that's incredible. That is awesome. And, and, and that just speaks to the impact on community too. Like to be able to have the opportunity for workers in the region is, I mean, that's, that's huge. It's monumental. That's great. Uh, I'm curious if you could snap your fingers and make any one policy part of every business, B Corp or not, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, okay. If I actually had that power, I would have to put a lot of thought into this. I would have to do a lot of research with my very smart colleagues in the B Corp community to pick the perfect one. But the one that comes to mind right now is vacation time. So I think that's something that we tend not to get right in the United States, how much vacation time people really need to live full lives and then show up as their most productive whole humans at work. 
Um, and so if I could snap my fingers right now, I would have every company have five weeks of vacation time, paid vacation time. I love that. I think that's solid. And because it, it's so important for people to be able to restore themselves and, and be, I mean, there's so many studies that show folks are more productive when they're well-rested and able to take care of themselves. That's that's huge. Absolutely. The, the science really backs it up. And if anyone wants to, um, you know, go head to head with me on this question, whether it's a smart business choice, I, I'm up for it. Oh, it sounds like, it sounds like you have uh, like a, like a, a, a thought already there. Do you want to share with folks? I mean, I guess I'll just say this is, this is a habitus policy that um, we feel really strongly about. We also have a 34-hour work week, um, which, again, the science backs this up with how much time we can actually be productive at work. And I've just had a really good experience in terms of being, like, fully at work and knowing that I don't have to stress about, like, oh, if I take one day here, if I take a long weekend, I'm going to run out of my vacation time. And I feel like a lot of the rest of the world has this more handle than we do in the United States. And B Corps are doing a great job on it, too. I mean, B Corps are leading on this. So anyway, I ugh, gosh, there's so many good policies I could do. Obviously, I've got enough this power right now. It would be a hard decision. That's awesome. What uh, what advice would you give to a business that is considering becoming a B Corp, but that is maybe on the fence about it or is just feeling completely overwhelmed with the whole process? I think the first the first thing that I would recommend is seeing if you can make some direct connections in the community. You know, can you come to a B local event in your region? Can you reach out to uh, a B local board to get you in touch, say, with another similar company who's gone through the process and you can really kind of talk just professional to professional about what it's going to be like and uh, what some of the advantages are, particularly in your industry. I find that those, you know, building those real relationships is something valuable about the community. So I recommend people start there and then if you want, I can also share some opportunities to get help with the, with the impact assessment, uh, which I, I can certainly recommend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, is there a resource that folks can go to if they're listening, but maybe they're not in New England or the greater Boston area and they want to find where their local Be Local is? Is there a website where they can go and it'll show all the Be Locals in, in the, around the world or how can people find their local one? Yeah, there there is. You can definitely get that information, but I don't have it at the tip of my tongue what it's going to be. So let me send it to you afterwards and we can uh, share it with folks. Uh, definitely. Perfect. Perfect. I'll make sure that lands in the show notes as well. And you still do B Corp assessment consulting yourself, right? So I still do a little bit of it. I find I'm about to, t- I'm about able to take on, you know, a couple of clients a year for time constraint reasons. Um, but I have some great colleagues who I've either trained to do this or, you know, we've worked on projects in the report community in the past who I can, you know, recommend if I don't have the bandwidth. But another great resource that I think you've actually had on the show is the University of New Hampshire's The Impact Clinic, where groups of students come together with mentors to work directly with companies on their report impact assessment. So you don't even have to go off of the show's page to learn more about that. But I've 
just heard great things both from the students, but also from companies who've been involved with that program as another great way to get some help on the assessment and uh, build relationships with some fantastic young people who are excited about the group. Oh my gosh, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, Fiona Wilson is absolutely incredible. And we just did our application for a student for next semester. So oh, that's great. fingers crossed, we're really excited. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else that you want to add or make sure folks hear about or know about Be Local Boston or even just the B Corp community at large? I mean, I think just a, a really warm invitation to reach out and get connected with us. And you know, I'm always I'm always just so excited for people to join this community that I really believe in and love and love being a part of. Um, I remember when I was an undergraduate. I first learned about B Corps so shortly after uh, B Corps had even started, and I wrote my undergraduate thesis about B Corps. My dream was always to be part of this community and to work for a B Corp. Um, so I feel really, really lucky to be in this role at Habitus and on the beautiful board. And that also just makes me want to warmly welcome other people who also want to be part of it. A few updates. We recorded my chat with Kelsa on September 16th, and since then, I have some fun and exciting news. There's a virtual BLD New England event all about how to take an authentic stand with your brand. Your business may be living your values, but how are you expressing them externally? This presentation will walk you through real-life case studies and examples of brands taking a stand and offering some marketing best practices with interactive discussions to help you authentically create a roadmap for your business. To follow will be networking sessions and all are welcome. This online event is coming up on October 20th from 3.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Registration is free and open to all. I have links to the registration page in the show notes, as well as links to the Be Local Boston site. And while the elections for the Be Local Boston board are now closed, they have an open enrollment for committees, and I have links to where you can find that as well. You can find all those links in the show notes at responsiblydifferent.com. Next time on Responsibly Different... We chat with Rooney Castle and Caitlin Gross at Rhino Foods. Rhino Foods makes all the tasty cookie dough for Ben and Jerry's ice cream and is a leader in innovative workplace policies, including an income advance program, open book management, and an employee exchange program, among others. An employee has a need, and it's a no questions asked day of loan. So an employee can come and request that loan without any judgment, and within 24 hours, get up to $1,000 to be able to meet that immediate need. We're all in this together. Be sure to vote early if you can, and make sure you have a plan to vote if you can't vote early. Know when, where, and how you'll be voting. Then make sure your friends and family all have vote plans as well. And as always, continue to be responsibly different.
Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review. It helps more folks like yourself find this content. This is a production of Deergo Collective, music composed by our own Kevin Oates. You can follow us on social media at Deergo Collective or visit our corner of the internet at deergocollective.com.